It's River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So glad you could join us in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We're the one and only. There's no other cities in the, in the, in the nation of America that has our name, Tuscaloosa. We're the one and only. Yay. And, you know, there's a reason for that, praise God. <laughs> Yay. But we're River Church, and we're so glad that you tuned in to us tonight. Hallelujah. We're in uh, Romans chapter 1, a familiar verse, in verse 16. Paul is cranking up the intro to the church to the Rome, at Rome, and he says, uh, uh, well, let's read 15. For as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome also. Uh, for I am not ashamed. He said, I'm ready to preach the gospel, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So just getting saved is just the beginning. It's just like plugging in your vacuum cleaner. You're plugged in, but you got to hit the button, and it's the gospel that hits the button. We were always amazed when we went on our trip to Russia uh, way back in 2000 and something that uh, this big, long hauled hotel that we were in had carpet on it, but there's no vacuum cleaner. There's no outlets in the wall. And there was, there was a little lady that had a stiff broom, and she was going down the hall with that broom. And that's, that's, that was everywhere. There was no vacuum cleaners. We, we said, we could come over here and get a franchise going. Hallelujah. We, we could be Eureka or Hoover. But anyway, it's the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who, that believeth. Then he says, and to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you came from, what your label is. If you get the gospel in, you have power. You have authority. But uh, uh, verse 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Isn't it, wouldn't it be cool to have the righteousness of God revealed? Well, he said it's revealed from faith to faith. Well, can we do that? Sure we can, from faith to faith. As it is written, so it is somewhere in the Old Testament, it is written, the just shall live by faith. Would you say that part with me? The just shall live by faith. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Praise God. Let's look in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Yea. We're going to have the word first, and then we'll see what else there is to do. So glad you're here tonight. So excited that you're here. And for the price and the cost that you paid to get here on a Wednesday night. It, it pretty much blows up your whole Wednesday evening. It's like if you go to church, there's no room for anything else. But it, it fills up your heart, too. It says in chapter 3, verse 11, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. Why? For the just shall live by faith. Say it with me. The just shall live by faith. Now that word just, I looked it up, and it, it means a lot of things, but the main core word that we understand is the righteous shall live by faith. Well, we've been made righteous. We're believers. We've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. And so we that have been born again, the Bible says how do we live? We live by faith. 
So there's a distinct difference between your old life, the man or woman that you were, and the life now that you're converted. It isn't, it isn't that you just do good. We should do good. It's not that you quit doing bad, and we should quit doing bad. But he said here that we should live by faith. This is the second time. Let's look here in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look in verse 38. Remember, it said, as it is written, in verse 38 of chapter 10, it says, Now the just, or the righteous, shall live by faith. But then he goes on and adds something to it. It says, But if any man draw back, the word there is to hesitate. Or it even is stronger in some definitions that it means unwilling. If any man become unwilling, or at least hesitate, God himself says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. I want God to be happy with me. I want him to say, attaboy, good boy, good boy, Michael, you good boy. I, I want him to say, that's my, that's my boy right there. He says, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my spirit shall have, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Well, we're not of those that draw back. We don't draw back. We might not be going as fast as we want to or maybe even that we should, but we're not going to draw back. Tonight is our least place that will ever be in our life. This is, this is the lowest. I'm going to be going up, increasing more and more from this point. No drawing back. Might should be further along than I am. I'm, I'm sure we could be, but this is the least point of my life. Now let's go to Old Testament. Let's find out where it is written in Habakkuk. Or if you don't like that, we can say Habakkuk. We can say it any way you want to. Finding it is the trick. <laughs> but we know it's in there. I think Ezekiel's too far. Somebody gets the page number, shout it out. Hallelujah. 1077, if you have a Bible like her. Well, it's on 810 in mine. Habakkuk chapter 2. This is where we want to go tonight for a few minutes because this is our last teaching service of the year. And it says in verse 1 of this book, the prophet, minor prophet, I will stand upon my watch. Now, who knows what watch means? It's prayer. Put your little circle out there and put a little line to watch and, and put prayer. So it's the praying man, it's the praying woman that can stand upon their watch. And set me upon the tower and watch, here's how you can tell it's prayer, and watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me, because I was standing upon my watch, he said. The Lord answered me when he said, uh, I will see what I shall answer. The Lord answered and said, write the vision and make it plain. So that probably mean real simple, real not extravagant, not on and on, not real detailed, not flowery. Make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. 
But at the end, the end of the appointed time, the end to the appointed time, it shall speak and not lie. Well, that may imply that it's going to be so bodacious, so awesome, that we would even think that can't be true. That must be something that's not true. Then he goes on, he said, Here, when it comes, when it comes, this is how you're going to have to handle it. Though it tarry, wait for it. So it might take a while. It might be further than we expect. Surely, it will surely come. It will not tarry. Uh, I've got in my margin that uh, the word tarry there means stay there. It will not stay there. It will come. Let me read verse 2 and 3 in the NLT, the New Living. I think it's up there. Yeah. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets, tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Now, here's where I'm going. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, that pretty much means that it will be slow in coming based on our expectation. Not according to heaven. The angels say, well, it's right on time. It's, it's perfect. But we would say, that took a little while. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Verse 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. Say it with me. But the just shall live by his faith. So here we have it in four different books that the just shall live by faith or by his faith. And so we're going to deduce a few things. I don't know why Christians are so amazed and so perplexed and so affronted that the Christian life is not just a modified regular life, which means you just get to go to heaven. It's a, it's a fork in the road, and the Lord opens the gate for the heaven side of the fork and closes the gate for the hell side. I, I'm always amazed that we all as Christians are bewildered that the Lord has said this life, this new life, this, this uh, life is a life of faith. And you'll have to call things that be not. They're not here. We can't see them. We can't hear them. There's no, there's no physical validation that it has come. But he said, you'll call them as they've come. The just shall live by faith. And, and people don't like that. They want to just have a spiritual expectation, a spiritual end. But they want to live naturally according to the world's rules, which we've learned so well, while we're here. But it implies here that the unjust cannot live by faith. Would you all say that was probably true? If the just shall live by faith, then if you don't live by faith, then you're acting like it wouldn't be true, but you'd be acting like you were the unjust because the unjust cannot and do not live by faith. What will be, will be. You could say, they would say, it is what it is. But we say it is what we say it is. What God said it was, well, okay, whatever God said, that's the way it'll be. No, it'll be what we say it is that he's already said. 
Lisa and I were talking before the service and said, you know, uh, uh, God's in control. But it, the way he's in control is our faith puts him in control. So we could actually say faith is in control. It's faith in God, faith in his word, faith that he said it, faith that he's true, faith that he's uh, not a liar. But actually, my faith is in control. We don't like how it's going. Change your faith. Uh, start living by faith. The just, the righteous, and we say, I'm the righteous. I'm going to heaven. Woohoo, there's no unrighteous going to heaven. The unjust aren't going there. So if I'm going there, he said, before you go, you're going to have to live by faith. You're going to have to do something. Then in this passage, he says, uh, here it is, verse 3, excuse me. The vision is yet for an appointed time, but look, at the end of the vision. So the vision is not seen, it's not revealed, it's not evident, but one day it will be. It'll just show up like the 403 train coming through. Do you all know there's a train outside of Tuscaloosa? Yeah, <laughs> and it, uh, they got a long cord on the horn. And if you live at the back of my house, which I do, not the front, but at the back, the 403 or the 310 or whatever that train is that comes through, it's very evident that it's there. It's like, we're here. Yes, yes, you, we know you're there. It says, uh, so it comes like a train, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak. So it says here, the vision will speak. Now, I know y'all could just look at the scripture and all this stuff you would know, but let's just, let's just say it anyway and get back to Bear Bryant saying this is a football. Let's just get the basics back in our life so that we'll be sharp. My whole goal at River Church, if I have any assignment, is, is to help us leave this year so well that we enter into next year so well. Amen. We're going to tie off everything that's not right, that's loose, that hurts, that's, that's little, that's slow. We're going to tie it off and say, you're not going into my new year. 2020 is my year. So it says here, the vision will speak. It will come, it will not tarry, it, but it will speak. So it's not going to be hidden from us, it's going to speak. And here it says it will not speak until the appointed time. So we got to wait or get in faith about the appointed time. But he said the appointed time will surely come. It will surely come. It will, you won't miss the appointed time. It will not sneak off or come through and you didn't know it. It will come. The Amplified, verse 3, I looked this up, it looks neat. It says, it will not be behindhand. Y'all ever heard that word? Behindhand, but it, it, you kind of know what it is. It will not be behindhand on its appointed day. So I didn't, you can't look that up because that's, a, that's the explanation word. That's the definition. But it just means it'll be on time. So what makes it on time? Well, we have to get the vision in. If there's no vision, then there's no speaking. And if there's no speaking, then you don't know if it's on time or not because you're going to miss it. So, except for love, and we know that uh, we all live in love, you know, we ought, to, we ought to every once in a while read 1 Corinthians 13 and, and kind of brush up on love hardly notices when others do it wrong. Oh, my Lord, that's, you know, and Jesus is love, God is love. 
But except for love, what is it that you and I would say sets a Christian apart? What makes us different? Are we happier? Well, probably, but not always. There's some really happy heathens, and there's some real grump grump Christians, so that wouldn't be universal. Y'all met them? You run into them? <laughs> and then we'd say, uh, uh, so love wouldn't be the only thing, but I'm going to tell you it's faith. Faith is what sets us apart on the earth, because we already just found here that, uh, uh, that the heathen cannot live, cannot get a vision. They can't live by faith. So the just live by faith. So we're, we're a peculiar people in that we can access a spiritual domain with our faith. Doesn't mean you just see over there, although we do, but that we can bring anything that we see. And we see by this. This paints the picture in our hearts. He said, by his stripes you were healed. So we get a picture. We see us being healed, and we begin to bring the future into our present. Don't feel healed. Doesn't look healed. They say, you're sick as a dog, and so they, they confirm that we're not healed, but we look over there into the future and bring the future into our present, not having to wait. Amen. So we live by faith or not. We live by faith or we don't. Well, I sort of live by faith. We live by faith or we don't. The light is either on or it's off. If y'all ever pulled a switch and, and, and watched the, one of these switches and watched the lights fade till it got dark and then raise it, no, it's on, it's bright as light, and then it's off. It's dark as pitch. That's the way faith is. You're either in faith and you can pull the trigger or you're not in faith and nothing is happening unless you get a loan or the doctor comes up with a pill or something like that. So there are Christians without faith, and then there are, are Christians with strong faith. We've got strong faith. Not in every area. We're developing our faith in some areas more than others. It depends kind of like sometimes where you're weakest. If you have health issues, you, you tend to get in faith about it, especially if your money's strong. You know, like, leave that alone. But i got to have a healing. i got to have this in my life. So why do Christians not live by faith? Because we're saved by faith. How come Christians don't live by faith? Well, one thing is, is we have settled for the world's type of living. We got used to it. It was good enough until it wasn't. And so we don't see any reason to have the above and beyond. In Mark chapter 11, let's turn to Mark chapter 11. You're right there. Let's look in verse 23. Just going, we're just meditating some things here. I want to live by faith. I'm convinced, aren't you, that living by faith will produce a happier, more fulfilled and satisfied life, a more secure life than not living by faith, by just what it is is what it is and, and what will be will be and, and uh, we have to get all we can, can all we get and sit on the can. The early bird gets the worm. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, that sort of thing, where you're just a leaf on the river, and where if it goes fast, we go fast, and all of that. But Mark eleven twenty three, we know this verse. He said, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that whosoever, so that's anybody, 
but it's just going to be believers that are going to do that, shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. That's not necessarily literal, but it means your problem that looks as big as a mountain, your situation that looks impossible, that it will, it will move. Nothing is impossible to him who believes. But it says you can't doubt in your heart. So there we go back to the light switch is on or off. You're either in or you're not. How do we measure if we're in or not? But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. So we got to get a he saith in our lives. I got to get a he saith. What am I saying? What am I saying? I, you know, when you don't feel good, you, you tend to want to tell people, you know, I feel like I feel bad. Or if you money, you know, you said, well, I can't go out tonight because it's tight at my house. We tend to evaluate and proclaim our, our where we are with people. I don't know why we think everybody wants to know where we are, but they, if they ever say, how are you? Well, here we go. You ever run into the one, those, one, those guys that you said, how you doing? And they, they do it literally. They start giving you the report. Well, we don't, want to, we don't want to do that. We don't want to give a report of where we are. But, but let's look in there in verse 23. He said, believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. In other words, he shall have it. Let's say that together. I shall have it. Let's put the it right there for a moment. It says he shall believe, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Okay, we plug that in and we're saying, I shall have it. I shall have it. It'll tarry maybe. If it's not instant, it tarried, but it will surely come. It'll, it'll surely come, and I'm, I'm, I'm pulling on it with my faith, and it's closer every day to coming to me. Well, I've been pulling on this thing for 10 or 12 days, and I don't see anything, but it's closer. It just hadn't come into vision yet, but it shall surely come. It will, it will, it may tarry, it may seem like it's tarrying, but it will surely come. Look in the next verse, in verse 24, and let's do the same thing with that one. It says, what things soever ye desire. So there's a process to this. You got to find out what you desire. And it's not a casual observing. Well, I, like Trace a while ago. What do you want for, he's, he's one in, he's not even two yet, but what do you want for Christmas? And it's the whole book. He's, he's just, I this and this and this. So what things soever you desire? Maybe he doesn't really want the whole book. He just doesn't want to close any doors too soon. Amen. But you got to come to terms. What do you desire? Uh, we've talked about the, the, the man in the desert that has no water and it's sand forever. And, uh. But he's carrying two bars of gold. Suddenly, somebody comes by with a drink of water that you could have bought in town for a dollar, but it's going to cost you two bars of gold to get that water. And he desires it. He thinks he got a good deal. He, he thinks this is a bargain. So what things soever ye desire? So you got to get serious with what you desire. We got we to gotta see, we got to write the vision. We've got to make it plain on tablets, not just something that's erasable ink or uh, uh, disappearing ink or something that's an erasable pencil. He said, write it on tables over there in Habakkuk. Make it plain. 
Well, Lord, I want this and I want that. Well, you're not making it plain. No, Lord, I, I want this healed. Have you, have you ever heard stories about people being in healing lines and they were in wheelchairs and a, a, a word was called out for a, uh, a shoulder or a hand and they, they raised their hand and they got prayer and praise God, their hand, their shoulder, whatever it was that needed help, they got healed. And they uh, said, well, how about this wheelchair? And they said, oh, no, I'm fine. I can get around fine to that. I just couldn't, I just couldn't lift my shoulder, lift, lift my arm because of my shoulder, but I'm good. And they just, you know, wheeled themselves off. So what's the thing we desire? They didn't have any idea that that was a problem. And so they weren't asking for it, and they didn't get it. Uh, so when we pray, we'll just go on here, verse 24. What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them. Believe that you receive it. Let's say it together. Believe I receive that or it. That'd be better. Believe that I receive it. What, what is it? It's the things that I desired and then I prayed. Believe you receive that. Believe you receive it. It's so simple that we could miss it. We could say, I, I, need a tw- I just got me a 12-course book on, on faith. Well, here it is in two verses. It'll get you way down the road. There's other things that could, you could add to it. Look, look right there. You're close by. Look in John 10.10, 10, the verse we all live by. We know this one. He says, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. Okay, well, we'll let you have that little bit of glory there that you you can do it with some people, but you're not going to steal, kill, or destroy me. And then he said, I am come. All right, the thief came, but I am come. The thief came first, but I am come. There's a solution, an answer, a remedy to he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But he said, I have come. So look to me, look on me, take me, and fix what the thief has come to do. I am come that they might have life. Well, that life would be the steal. Where there's stealing, there's no more stealing. Where there's killing, a life takes care of killing. Where there's destruction and destroying, life takes that. He said, I'm the antidote. I'm I'm the other end of it. Whatever your trouble, it comes under stealing, killing, and destruction. Whatever, whatever your trouble is, it's going to fall into one of those or all of those. He said, but I've got a one-step antidote. I've, I've come that you might have life and that they might have it overflow. In other words, better than it was before you got stolen and killed and destroyed, better than what it was. Oh, Lord, I just want it back. He said, I can do better than that. But the, the key here is... Uh, is we know this, but this verse is it's cryptic in, in some ways. I, well, I've come that they might have life. Well, it, their pattern there is to believe you receive it when you pray, to say to the mountain, not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say will come to pass, you shall have it. So he's saying here, same thing with life. You need life? Oh, yeah, Lord. Because everybody's got some, something that's stolen or killed or destroyed. Lord, I need life. Well, he said, well, believe you receive life in this area. Pray and believe you receive, and ye shall have it. It what? Whatever you desire. Life. 
because we're desiring life. I'm not wanting a faster motorcycle. I'm not wanting a refrigerator that gets down to 20 below. I, <laughs> that's not on my list. I, life. He said, believe you receive life and you shall have it. I shall have that. I shall have it. Um, so just having the legal thing, it's, which is important, legally I've been set free from stealing, killing, and destroying. The curse is under my feet, and I'm, I'm the head and not the tail. But how do I get that life in there? Well, you don't just say, I have it. I mean, you don't just know that you have it. You have to begin to meditate it, desire it, get specific. I need life in this area. Because you, otherwise you'll roll away in a wheelchair. You go, whoo, you just, you just hollering. And, and it's good. This is not disparaging this person. You know, they got their shoulder healed. Woo-hoo. But there was more. And life to the full. Life to overflow. Life abundantly. So the door is open right here. He opens the door. Jesus opens the door and says, there's life. I am life. And it shall come at the appointed time. Well, when's the appointed time? When you believe you receive it. For us, that's the appointed time. He's not saying, well, I can't heal you until 2022. The appointed time for me is I can set that. It may tarry. It may, I may have to work some things out of my thinking and believe. Do not doubt in your heart. And work some things into my thinking. But believe those things which you say. You say. You say. You say that God said. Ye shall have that. You'll get that. Amen. Let's look at one more scripture. I think it's in Luke chapter 6. Yes, one more scripture. Luke chapter 6. You're right there. If you've got your Bible open, you're right there. That's what we say. Look, look in chapter 6. Let's look in a, a common verse. We looked at it Sunday in verse 38. 638. We looked at this in the offering Sunday morning. Uh, let's look in verse uh, 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. So there's a pattern here pointing to a principle. Because then he says, condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Well, we're putting two together here, and it might be a little pattern. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. So he's saying here, whatever you want, what, what things soever ye desire... Release them from other people. Gosh, I just know too many people that need to be forgiven, and they are holding the biggest grudge against somebody. They are tightening it up. They're sweet. They're good Christian people. But if you, get, if you mention a name, I can just tell you, you mention a name, you can watch it in their countenance where they just start, that person. They be, the memory plays in, in, in 4K video across their mind like this is what they did to me. And they start to rehearse it, and they tighten up, and their heart starts beating fast, and they start perspiring. And you say, well, what's your story? Well, here it comes. They got a story to tell about that person, and they'll embellish it. And, and uh, you know, we, there's a pattern here. If you need forgiving, I do. If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me. But I got to forgive. Then he goes on and says, give and it shall be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. And here it is. Here's the principle in another way, a fourth way. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And you've heard a gazillion teachings on, you know, whatever measure you measure, that's how it's going to be measured back to you. 
But the vision here, the vision that Habakkuk talked about, is getting it given back to us. The method is to give, but the vision, we need it to be given. I need to have it in my life. And the only way, unless I go to work for it or get an inheritance or steal it, none of those are options. I'm going to have to have it given to me. He says, well, the way to get it given to you is to give. He said, it, it, wait for it. It'll surely come. Though it seems to tarry, though it seems like I gave this on Tuesday and it's already Friday and nothing's happened. He said, wait for it because it will surely come. Believing you receive activates the promise. So if I believe I receive, I've given, and it's, I'm believing I receive that it be given back to me, that activates the promise. So many times, and here's the whole point of the whole evening, is so many people just give, they, they're, they're separated from their money or their work or their benevolence, they're separated from it, they, they, they suffer in the doing of it, they give it, they work, they give, but then they just go on and say, well, I gave, it will be given to me. But nothing comes without faith. This would be like a machine that you just put in money, a, a, a coin changer. You put in a dollar, and it kicks you out four quarters. No faith in that. That's what you put in. That's what you got out. But if you want your life to be full, you got to get specific, and you got to believe you receive when you pray. What things soever ye desire. So we're saying, Lord, I, I need this given to me. I will give with the expectation that you will multiply that, you will bless me, but I'm sincere. If you don't give, you're not sincere. You're not in faith. But I, I'm in faith. And so if I'm in faith, then it's easy to give. Why? Because there's plenty more where that came from. Well, I'm waiting until, you know, it comes, and then I'll give God praise. Well, when you get in faith, that gives God praise. Oh. Uh, all I have to do is give and, and say, Lord, I'm receiving my car paid off. We're, we're all receiving our cars paid off and our house paid off. Get ready for 2020 because there's going to be some mortgages burned. I'm burning mine in 2020. I, when I say burn, I'm paying it off is what I mean. <laughs> Don't miss that step. I noticed, and I said this the other day, that most people want somebody to speak to God about their healing. There's a priest dependency, and I think it comes. People want other people to pray for them. Would you pray for me? Pray God that heal me. God, pray God send the money. God, pray God send me a, a, a wife or a whatever. Would you pray? And it's because maybe sometimes they find someone they think has a better connection. Um, they know what they've done, for instance, and they're condemned and say, I, I don't think I can get this. I don't think God will do it. But would you pray? Because you're pure, you're holy, and, and uh, you know, I, you can hardly know how many times you get asked to pray. Y'all pray for my brother-in-law. He's having a hard time. As if that's what we do. As if that's how it operates. If, that, if that's how the kingdom works. So a vision for your life will speak at the appointed time. A vision for your life, your vision that's written on tablets, in other words, you can rehearse it every day and it's the same, 
will speak. What happens when it speaks? It's revealed. It's there. It's like, I believe God for this, and I have whatsoever things I say. I, I desired this, and I prayed with the desire, and I have what I prayed. I have what I believed for. I have the vision, and it's it might take a month or might take till tomorrow, but it will speak into my life. So, point. We've got to quit here. We need to get ready for 2020 by writing down your vision now. We've got how many days in this year? 31 plus. Today's the 20th, and there's 30 days in November, so we've got 10 and 31. 51 days or so. 41. Yeah, 41. Well, we got a few weeks. We've got six weeks, seven weeks, six weeks. I would meditate on whatsoever things I desire so that when I pray, I can start believing I receive them. But I've got to write it on tablets. I can't just say, well, Lord, this week I need a... I need this, and next week you say, no, change that, Lord. I, I want a convertible, or I want a pickup, or I want a, um, you, whatever. You can't, it's got to be written in tablets. You can't erase it when it's etched in tablets. It's what he's saying. You get it, so that what things soever ye desire. The word desire there is talking about when you become one with what you're bringing into your life. It's not something you can throw off and add on like you're buying groceries. Uh, it's, it's. It's, it's in a part of your own life. And he said, it's going to tarry. It may tarry, but have patience because it cannot fail. Listen, it cannot fail to come. Everybody's got a testimony like, I believed God, but it didn't come. No, you didn't believe God. You may have started out with some sort of simile, I want, I desire, but you didn't follow through in what it takes. The just shall live by faith. In other words, we are in there until we see it, until it speaks. We're not saying, well, plan B, because plan A. There is no plan B. We live by faith. And if we don't get it with our faith, we live without it. I mean, you have to have that kind of thing. I know, you know, I know we can get it another way, but that's not faith. And we're living as the heathen live when we live according to their way of living. So the righteous... We live by faith. 2020, the Lord's wanting us to live by faith again. Not implying that you don't live in faith, but we need to live more by faith. And here's what we're going to do. We're going we're to meditate for the next 41 days or whatever. We're going to meditate. This is personal. We're not going to come up here. This is, this is just what you do. Do you all drink water? Do you all sleep? Do y'all? Yeah, we do a lot of things in the human condition. Well, we're Christians. That condition, the Christian condition, we live by faith. And we find out what we desire, what's in there. We've got to find out what God has put in there. It, it's not 40 days in Maui. I, although he wouldn't care if you spent 40 days, if you can, if you can get him into that. But, but the fact is, most of us can't get into 40 days at Maui. We're condemned. We're, it's soulish. But, but what burns down in here, and this is what we've got to do in the next 41 days, we've got to find out what's already burning in here. And you've got to get real honest. When we say what things soever you desire, we're talking about what God desires that's in you. And it's different for you than it is for me. I, I might not want, want what you want. 
I might, you might not want what I want. Of course, we want American dollars. That, that's all the same. Find out what's burning. Well, you know what, what you got to do? You got to wait for it. That means meditating. That means drawing aside and saying, God, there's a plan for me that was made before the foundation of the world. What is it? Because if I know what uh, the first part of it is, I'll know what it takes to fund, to feed, to, to liberate what's inside of me. Joey Gann and I do not have the same needs in the vision realm. But whatever God gets him will fund him and facilitate him in the same exact way, in the same uh, exact system that it would for me and us do two separate, completely different things. So it doesn't matter. The what is not relevant. It's the living by faith. So we uh, we got to hear from God. There's a lot of noise in our lives. The American culture is very noisy. There's a lot of activities in our life. And the strongest Christians that I know are Christians, not that can say yes, but that can say no. I like to do everything. We get up and we say, got 24 hours. I'm going to sleep six or so of them, seven, whatever you can squeeze out. And the rest of them, I'm going to enjoy myself. Well, that may not be God's plan, and he might not fund that plan. But if you find out what he likes, now here's the secret. He'll fund what he likes, and then uh, I've come that you might have life and have it to the overflow. There will be what you want. Seek first the kingdom, and then he'll say, I I like motorcycles too, or whatever. I I like uh, side-by-side refrigerators too. I like a wardrobe in the closet too. I mean, God's not against any of that. He just wants to be first. He just wants you to find out what's burning inside from him, and then he'll let you burn for a new pickup or a new whatever you need or, or some condition in your body. Just say, Lord, I'm yours. Well, you, you got a withered arm and you got a, a gimpy leg and you got a liver that quivers and you're just in a mess. But you say, Lord, I'm going to the nations. And you just don't mention that you can't. You just mention that I desire to go to the nations. So when you burn in that, he starts opening up things, and then he heals us or delivers us or repairs us to do for what burns the blueprint that's in our life. So many times, you know this, people say, I want a new computer. And they get one, and they don't know, they don't know what to do with it because they don't have a demand. They don't have an application for it. They turn it on, play the games, turn it off, and go watch TV. Same thing with the kingdom. So many people are wanting God to do something for them, but they're going to spend it on their own less. They're not using it for the kingdom. But if we get the kingdom in there and say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to teach a class, but I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know who would let me teach a class, a Bible class. But I ask you for that, and I burn with that. I want to be helping people with uh, the Word of God. Well, he can put that in there, and then he'll give you the whatever. I don't, Lord, I don't have any clothes to teach a class, or I don't have any transportation. Get him first, and the, things, and the things that you desire shall come to pass. You'll have whatsoever things ye desire. It's just a little cataloging here, a little working into its right place in our mind so that we don't get to... You know there's a 10-digit number. It's called your telephone but, or a password. If you, if you transpose one digit, 
you're talking to Hong Kong. <laughs> or, you, or you've dialed in a password, and they say, not accepted, not accepted. The other day, I was in a room, and I, I needed, uh, well, you know how it is. I, I looked it up in my keeper, and I got the password, and I looked at it, and I wrote it down, and I meditated it, and then I went and put it in the machine, and it said, not accepted. So I put it in again, not accept, put it in four times, and I said, you're not accepted. And I closed it up, and I went to the house. <laughs> it was an Amazon thing. I wanted to buy something. Couldn't ever, I never bought it. So we got to get this right, too. Amen? Praise God. So we all agree with me? Next 41 days, God's going to show us what to do in 2020. It doesn't mean it cuts off on the 31st. It just means we, we are going to leave this year right so we can go into next year right. Now, I'll tell you, there's some major stuff that God wants to do in your life in 2020. And all he needs is our cooperation, our permission to say, would you agree with me? Well, to do that, you've got to know what he wants. So you've got to look inside. What's burning in here? It's not hard. We've just never looked. It's like, I don't think I can find it. Sure you can. Get yourself in a room or go out in the wheat field or something and just spend a little time. And then the next day, spend a little time, and he will show you. It'll come. It'll bubble up. And it'll be the happiest day and the happiest year you've ever had. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in to River Church in Tuscaloosa. We'll be here Sunday morning. We're going to talk about the amazing Christian on Sunday, if, if, if everything goes as planned. So God bless you. Have a great evening.